Hi, everybody. Welcome once again. It's officially the holiday season, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, I developed this really bizarre, I mean, maybe not bizarre at this point, right? But um, I developed this uh, obsession with book-related content when I was isolating, when I had COVID last year. And, you know, there's <laughs> there's amazing creators who make content about books and they talk about books and they make you want to read them and it's just so fascinating because when I was a teenager um I would <laughs> I would know I would know about the cool books from Tumblr you know like Tumblr was like my source of inspiration for my reading list and those teen novels were at the top of my reading list and I still have those teen novels in my bookshelf um, somewhere and I mean that that's where it's kind of yeah and you know and now that I that I look at these creators and like this content genre it just makes me happy because uh, I keep consuming it and I'm like it's amazing that there's people who make you want to read and people who like just inspired you to read to read because I feel like many of us um associate reading with school or assignments or you know I studied literature at uni so also you know um yeah to like reading classics and like boring stuff or things that you would not normally pick up pick by yourself at the at the um, at the bookstore so seeing this content really I I just I, I don't know I just love it so I'm just going to be talking about a few of my favorite books of the year I was thinking after, well, that's it's been two years since then, but I remember once I was at this literature class and there was like a guest lecturer. She was an author. 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 She was an author. Ah, I can't pronounce this the other way. Author. Yeah, okay. So she was an author. <laughs> My accent's all over the place. So she was an author and she made us, she gave us like this amazing prompt, kind of like, kind of like your own book history prompt you know like I work a lot with journaling prompts and everything but then like she gave us this prompt and I have not stopped thinking about it and she pretty much asked us she was like think of your book history of your literature history you know like what's the baggage what what does it look like make a timeline what um where does the meaning of storytelling come from like what stories made you you know so I was really fascinated by that because going back in time um asking myself why do I like what I like you know in terms of like literature in terms of film in terms of everything that I consume uh content wise it was it was really fascinating and I remember sharing it with one of my friends from class and it was so special seeing everybody's like timeline and seeing how to some extent there was a lot of influence from those texts um, that we would consume early on in our childhood and our teenage. Um, so yeah, it's quite special. And so today I'm coming with a few of my picks and I truly may mean to make this as, as accessible as possible, as easily and digestible as it can be. Um, so going back in time with this kind of like little exercise that she prompted, I remembered that one of my happiest memories as a child was going book shopping with my mom. 
we would go to Coyoacán, uh, a neighborhood in, in Mexico City, and we would grab hot chocolate and then we would go book shopping. To, we would go to different bookstores, bookstores that I still visit today. And yeah, it was quite special. I always had kind of like, I think one of the reasons why I developed a lot of interests in different areas was because I, my mom was, you know, like she always let me buy books about anything that I wanted to read about. I remember, I mean, I still have them, but I remember I had this collection of like, um, you know, like dinosaur books and like space and like, you know, um, geography and like science. And then I would have children's books and like some cute little short novels and short stories and, and, and then these DIY books of like make your own paper dolls and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like kind of like a wide range of genres. So I was never really subject, um, subjected to choose one single thing to focus on. So I think there was always this hunger to like learn more and yeah, and know more about something. And I know that's not everybody's case. Actually, I think my case was just truly lucky and I'm so grateful because my mom would always tell me that books were an investment and yeah and she would get them for me you know and it wasn't until I grew I grew up that I realized that books are actually pricey (laughs) the books are actually you know they would make a great gift because it's not like you would just go into a bookstore and you would grab like 10 or 15 books that you want so it's holiday season and you know books are a great gift so also, if something resonates with you or if you think that somebody's going to enjoy one of these books, then please go ahead. Maybe a fourth of my book collection right now is sitting in New Zealand at my friend's place. And that kind of physically hurts me. <laughs> Just thinking of the books that I have in there, which have been the books that I have uh, very consciously collected since, you know, since the beginning of my 20s, uh, kind of hurts me because I just have so much love for those books I I think I mostly have been collecting secondhand books because in New Zealand books are really expensive like brand new books from the bookstore I always loved going to the bookstore and grab um and grabbing poetry books from like local writers and local poets because that was the only way you would find them you know they were like freshly published and you know they were sitting at the bookstore but besides that like classics or truly anything else I would find secondhand and it kind of gave it a a a new meaning and like a new uh, an extra layer of that would make me feel successful (laughs) at finding it at finding a really nice copy of something so so yeah you know if you are a book lover I would definitely encourage you to think of your book baggage or your book history. It's truly a really fascinating and interesting concept and something that you can apply to film, to truly anything, because everything that we consume, especially when we're young, um, kind of molds the way that we think, kind of molds our beliefs, and that's where we realize where some things come from. And we can even choose if we want to keep feeding those narratives. I think it's truly, truly fascinating how those narratives, how we incorporate those narratives into our own beings. So without further ado, let's get started, shall we? My first book in my list is, this was my top 2022 
<laughs> this was my top 2022 book and my top 2023 book. Probably not the top top, but definitely stands amongst that. And my friends know, like, they must be tired of hearing this because I talk about it all the time. But This Is Your Mind on Plans by Michael Pollan is truly one of the best books that I've read. And I'm just fascinated by Michael Pollan. I, I love him so much. I adore him. If I could have a conversation with anybody right now, dead or alive, it wouldn't, well, maybe not dead, but you know, alive, it would be Michael Pollan. I think he's incredible and he's so smart and so clever. And I think he's books mostly, but I'm going to talk about specifically about this one. This book just beautifully weaves in history and science and sociopolitics and culture in such a unique way. It's such an amazing and comprehensive way of writing about substances and how they impact your brain, like how they personally would impact one's brain, but also how they intervene collectively in a culture, in a country. This is a fascinating book. It's really entertaining. It's not very... It's not very dense like other books about the brain or about science. Um, and he's an amazing writer. I just really love his narrative and his way of of telling stories. He's an amazing storyteller. So this is your mind on plants. It's an amazing read that I would recommend to every single person in this planet. Um, especially if you are coffee lovers. It's truly fascinating knowing how caffeine, you know, were the habit of drinking coffee came from, where it comes from, how it impacts your brain. It's honestly fascinating. Next on the list, we have Twilight. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm actually, okay, so I have it in my shelf in front of me. Um, and I pulled it out as a joke. But honestly, I read, Twi- <laughs> I read Twilight this year. And I know I'm really late to the trend. But <laughs> I'm probably 13 years late. I read Twilight this year and I really enjoyed it. I read it in Spanish, so I don't really know how, if it would be more cringy in English, but I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I, when I finished it, I was really craving reading the, like the following ones, like New Moon and Eclipse and everything, but I just couldn't be bothered going to the store and buying a new copy and I did not find a secondhand copy. And now my vampire hype is over. So I think that's where we're going to keep it. Anyway, that was a little, um, yeah, my little Delulu moment. Um, another book that I adore, which was actually assigned by my lecturer last year for my, I think it was my creative writing course. Um, yeah, I think it was a creative writing course. It's this beautiful book that I've been seeing online that I've been seeing people talking about and that's that makes me so happy because I think that this book should be read by absolutely everybody as well. It's called Braiding Sweetgrass and it says Indigenous Wisdom, Scientific Knowledge and the Teaching of Plants by Robin Wall Klimmerer. Klimmerer. Klimmerer and it's an amazing read. It's so it just ignites hope and the way that she writes about nature, her relationship with it and all the learnings and teachings is truly beautiful and inspiring. It just kind of makes you want to go outside, sit in the grass and read for hours. And um, it's so full of wisdom. It's really lighthearted, but, um, but full of beautiful 
reflections and insights, especially from the indigenous perspective, which we all need to learn more from. And there's always so many takeaways, especially right now in this world we're living in. So braiding sweetgrass, sweetgrass, amazing read. Next, we have one of my top favorites, I think, ever, which is Bonjour Tristesse by Françoise, oh, sorry, by Françoise Sagan, or Sa- Sa- I don't know how you say that in English, Sagan, 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 Françoise Sagan. Um, honestly, such a beautiful book. I found this in the summer in Dublin. I was, um, this was one of those moments when, like, serendipity happens, you know? I was at the bookstore and secondhand bookstore it was like a record store and a bookstore and I was kind of looking for something for my summer read sort of I was like looking for something digestible easy to read but also um yeah I don't know I I don't really know if I knew that I wanted to find something like this um but when I found this it was kind of like already on my radar like I wanted to read it but I didn't I I just never saw it brand new I know that this is probably dumb to say because it's one of the classics, I think. Um, but uh, when I saw Bonjour Tristesse, this copy, I was so, so excited. It's kind of like almost falling apart. And the guy just gave it to me for like one euro or something, which was even more incredible. And I read this on the way back from Dublin to the US. And it was amazing. It was truly incredible read. It's so short as well. Um, and it's um, it's written from the perspective of a young girl, of like a teenager. So it's kind of like a coming of age. And it's so incredible. It's honestly so incredible. It's somewhat full of wisdom to some point. Like it's, I think, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I think it's very insightful. And it's such an easy read. And I think it's a classic. Um, I was talking to one of my friends in, in Paris about, about this book because he works at this literary cafe and he was like oh my goodness I'm so excited I you know I had never talked to somebody about Bonjour Tristesse like it's not really that read nowadays in our generation and I'm like how come it's not read in our generation I feel like it's kind of like still a classic no like I was pretty unaware that it's probably not that yeah not that talked about in our generation but um honestly amazing book and Penguin Books has a really cute um, push. How do you say a little cute um, a pocket edition? So Bonjour Tristesse, amazing. Then we have my latest uh, find, <laughs> which is called Vagina Obscura by Rachel E. Gross. And it's an atomical voyage and it just looks incredible okay I found it a couple weeks ago and at a secondhand store but it's new I don't know how that works sometimes how secondhand shops sell a few copies of like brand new books which is cool sometimes it's slightly cheaper sometimes it's the same price I don't really know how that works but um I found this book and I've started reading it and so far it's incredible it's so amazing I really love science books um mostly but this one feels kind of like an odyssey with a science twist but at the end of the day still kind of being like an anatomical voyage like I don't know how else how else how um how to describe it 
um yeah more widely because I have not finished it but so far I've been loving this book and I think it could be a great gift um the cover is also so beautiful it's got such a beautiful art cover which I'm also a sucker for so Vagina Obscura amazing title amazing book cover um and such a fun concept such a fun and educational and iconic concept um next we have the collections the essay collections of uh Jean Didion Jean Jean Didion Didion um the white album and that one I also knew from my one of my courses at university and I remember I read one of the essays because it's a collection of a bunch of essays and I came across one of them it was actually the white album the essay called the white album just like the title of the book and I absolutely loved it loved it I would love to write like Joan Didion I think many of us would love to write like her she was a literary she is a literary icon and her prose is incredible you know just like all the elements that she blends into her writing feel like a scrapbook of different elements and different like textures and moods and sounds and and images and it's truly entertaining but also she kind of like situates the reader in like a time and space that I mean I was not alive in the 60s but she kind of makes it feel like I I know exactly what she's talking about and what it looks like so it's truly one of those books that make you travel and yeah and just it's honestly the a really great example of incredible impeccable extraordinary writing so the white album amazing book as well and I have a really beautiful copy with also very satisfactory and beautiful art cover Next, we have another collection of essays called In the Kitchen, Essays on Food and Life by, oh, it's just a collection, so so it's many different authors, but it's called In the Kitchen, also beautiful art cover. I think that's honestly what got me, what attracted me to this book. Um, I've been fascinated with essays for a couple of years since I, honestly, also from uni, Um, when I started writing essays from personal essays to kind of like more like, yeah, essays on like anything. I also got into writing essays about food, essays about traveling. Um, I just have been enjoying reading essays so, so much for the experience, but also to, yeah, to learn how to be a better writer, I guess. But this book is so beautiful. It's such, it's, it's a collection of, I think, 12, 15 authors, um, 15 writers on, yeah, on like kitchen related, like food kitchen related um, experiences that blend beautifully with like times of times of the lives and experiences and full of like insight, wisdom. It's so beautiful and so lighthearted, but also, yeah, it just kind of, it's pretty satisfactory when you reach the end and you're just like, mm, that was like really good or um, yeah, it just kind of, makes you think of things in a very different way so I've been loving this collection of essays for kind of like the read the the book that I go through when I wake up or before I go to sleep it's it's yeah it's one of those 
it's one of those rates that just make you feel also better and make you feel good and give you peace and calm and yeah I, I yeah <laughs> this this collection is definitely could definitely be a great gift for somebody who loves cooking and loves or appreciates food and has like this like special connection to food like I do which I think we all have, but we have not noticed. Um, and this book kind of like draws awareness to that, to how cooking is an act. Cooking and eating are an act of, um, yeah, of, of, they're quite profound and they're quite, um, yeah, they, I think they relate to many things in life, easy and complex and in between. So in the kitchen, essays on food and life also an amazing read next we have devotion by patty smith just kids by patty smith was one of my top reads from 2021 slash 2022 it's such a fun book and i think some people don't really love her writing style i personally do really I think, yeah, I think she's a great storyteller and I think she's a natural writer. So I do enjoy her books. I understand that some people don't. She has quite a few out. Um, but the one that I've enjoyed mostly, most recently has been this collection, this kind of like, it's, yeah, it's like in an essay form. Um, Devotion, Why I Write. Um, yeah, it's such an easy read. It's It's also really insightful and she also feels like, it feels like it's a scrapbook as well. There's so many elements, visual and literary elements. And it's also in this small kind of uh, pocket edition. So it's really cool. I really love Patty Smith. So I think I'm quite biased on this one. But um, why I write slash, well, yeah, devotion, why I write. It's um, a really nice read. Also, just kids I don't think it made it I mean I haven't read just kids again this year but definitely just kids is one of my favorite books of hers as well or my favorite memoirs dare I say next we have um Audre Lorde the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house um and it's one of these like little penguin book collections is like really really tiny it's like 50 pages long also an easy read very insightful uh collection of essays uh quite political um yeah uh, political um touches on sexuality uh power the contents here we go i mean five different chapters poetry is not a luxury uses of the erotic the master's tool will never dismantle it the master's house it's one of the main essays uses of anger women responding to racism and learning from the 1960s so once again um audrey lord is an author who even if you were not alive in the 60s you feel like you are in there because she her prose is incredible and the elements that she incorporates just paint the whole picture and um it's really entertaining but also it's quite loaded with a lot of um yeah with a lot of really dense uh thematic really dense um subjects but yeah it's a really short read and it's quite cute i love penguin books and that edition is really cute the tiny ones next we got um this one that is 
yeah I bought it a few years ago and I started reading it then then I stopped and then I picked it up again a few months ago and I just loved it and it's called Tuesday Nights in 1980 by Molly Prentice honestly such a fun novel it's so much fun it's kind of like this New York City um yeah this like artistic circle in New York City in the 80s and kind of like simultaneously jumps jumps back and forth between Buenos Aires New York um then you connect kind of like how Buenos Aires links into the story you know um some of the characters are immigrants so like they go to New York and but yeah there's always this kind of like connection with Argentina and it's such a fascinating read it's kind of heartbreaking as well but it's so much fun it's truly so much fun it feels like it kind of gives me the vibe of like Just Kids by Patti Smith you know it's kind of like I mean like of course way later but it's like you know like the the nights out and about of the um, the avant-garde scene in New York you know artists and musicians and the whole interdisciplinary world of um of the arts in New York City it's so colorful I feel yeah it's, it's just a really colorful read if that makes any sense but um but yeah I just love every book that talks about New York back in the day just because it makes me feel like I have nostalgia for a place that I never met (laughs) never lived in but yeah Tuesday nights in the 1980s by Molly Prentice an amazing read as well next we have this book that has it's kind of like three different stories in one so it's the same setting but different stories different characters and it's such a lovely read it's really easy to go through but the prose is beautiful and um, and yeah, it just kind of made me want to go to, J- to Japan and just sit in this cafe and enjoy. So it's called Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi. Kawaguchi. Um, Before the Coffee Gets Cold, it's, yeah, it's not really long. So it was um, kind of like my summer read. Summer as in like January in New Zealand (laughs) camping um so I brought it with me and it's a really special book uh one of my friends from one of my writing courses kind of recommended it to me and I bought it and only a few months after I started reading it and yeah it's lighthearted as well but really beautiful and very entertaining and I really loved the concept of having three different stories I think it's three or four different stories different characters you know there's an there's a beginning and there's an end multiple times but it's in the same cafe and the people who work at the cafe are the same people so you kind of like get to know have some more depth in some characters and some less in others and it's yeah I just really enjoyed that form and that that dynamic it's something um that I had not encountered a lot before so it's it's a really great read light um fun and just really easy to get hooked with next we have After Dark by Haruki Murakami uh Murakami is one of the greats uh I mean there's multiple Murakamis in the literary world but um Haruki Murakami he's incredible and I really love his short stories. The After the Quake short stories, I remember I 
read for also like a uni paper or something and I was just obsessed with like the symbolism and like the depth of like and just how profound um, um, eastern literature is you know like fiction so I just yeah it just made me really want to expand on my on the authors that I read you know like initially I was like oh I just read male authors and then I was like oh I just read like male westerners you know and then I was like okay like I really want to expand to like honestly more like literature literature beyond the west um and yeah as westernized as they say Murakami has gotten uh, after dark is a really fun concept for a series of stories so yeah also fun read I would read it before nighttime and I mean it makes sense it kind of makes sense to picture this whole thing at night so also a really fun read then we have a book that I keep coming back to um in multiple times like in different times of my life but I kind of always come back to it it's by Julio Cortázar and it's called Hopscotch uh, I read it in Spanish because I mean why wouldn't I it's the it's the original version <laughs> it's the original version and it just hits harder uh in Spanish I think I have not tried it in English and I did not think I did not know it existed in English until I recommended it to one of my um lecturers and he found it in English I mean he was like oh yeah there's a version that's translated and it's called hopscotch so this book is honestly just hits me in the feels it's an amazing novel kind of it's quite playful it's quite profound volatile heartbreaking it um there's two ways of reading this book the first one you read it as like a regular book from beginning to end the end if you choose this way of reading ends by like in like maybe like three-fourths of the book you know there's a point where, where you're reading and it's like the end the second way to read is following the suggested order uh so it's like in disorder the chapters are kind of like randomly placed randomly not randomly should i say they're curated <laughs> they're curated in a way that kind of makes sense but does not really i don't know you kind of like piece everything like a puzzle and so this is the way in which some people start and i remember i knew about this book when i was 15 or 16 I think I was 15 I was in eighth grade I think and I was already fascinated by literature and I remember I was like learning more about proper books and by proper books I mean like I was reading The Fault in Our Stars I was reading The Hunger Games and at the same time at school we were reading like Don Quixote you know or like more complex things and I was like oh I think literature is like a big deal you know what I mean I was like I kind of want to yeah like get deeper into it so I remember my teacher she mentioned this book and she was like some people have gone like mad or insane trying to like decipher the book or read it or you know going or you know when they try to go through it they just like lose their minds and I was like oh my god what's this book I need to find it and so she was like oh yeah the book is Rayuela by Julio Cortázar and we had been studying short stories by Julio Cortázar I love short stories so um, I kind of like knew him by name and by some of the stories that I read and I got this book in 2015. 
I started reading it and I remember that I thought to myself, I'm just way too young to understand this, you know, full of like love affairs and it lingers in between, funny enough, just like Tuesday nights in 1980 in between Buenos Aires and Paris and Paris. So um, there's also like this bridge between South America or Latin America and Europe, in this case, uh, France. So I was truly fascinated by the concept and also just like the idea of reading a book in different order, having chapters uh, kind of like all over the place. So this year I lived in Paris and when I came back, uh, came back here, came back home, I went through it again after many years of having it collecting dust on my bookshelf and it was honestly a spiritual experience. I truly um it kind of moves me a little bit thinking of when I was reading this book I I don't I don't know if I was if I had been to Paris already maybe maybe not maybe yes I can't remember um but many of the places that they would talk about I would just not really see them as anything particular or anything special but now that I came back that I had just like freshly come back from there I saw places and like names of like the um, like street names and um, districts and everything. And I was like genuinely crying. (laughs) I was just so emotional. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so, uh," you know, kind of hits me on the feels. So um, amazing book. If you have been to Paris or if you have not been to Paris, um, you know, I think it's such a it's such a fascinating book. Cortázar is one of the best authors in latin american uh literature and um this is surely a gem in any language it's been translated to it's honestly such an incredible book uh very risque in my opinion but it's so gorgeous and i love this book and somebody told me that it's one of those books that keep gaining depth and keep gaining meaning the more kind of like the more that you mature and the and the and every single time that you come back to it you kind of find more stuff and you and you and you find more understanding so to me so far it's been something that's happened you know from being 14 15 reading it for the first time to then being 17 18 and then to then to now being 25 it's been such a different um a different way of experiencing a single text so truly fascinating so compelling and very gorgeous book to say the least next for one of my favorites of the year like definitely top favorites is julia fox's memoir down the drain and i do love julia fox but i was not sure i was going to love her book so i approached it with an open mind an open heart and I was honestly compelled and impressed. I I have mixed feelings about celebrities, celebrity memoir, memoirs, and um, and yeah, I I'm not really sure if I'm not really sure if I truly love them. Um, I think some of them are quite. I mean, yeah, they're celebrities. They they have good stories, I guess. Some of them, but um. But not all of them are good. However, Julia Fox's memoir is, I found, incredible. It's so compelling. It's so raw. It's so brutally honest. It's so heartbreaking. And 
I think it's also really brave to write about those things because she's fully deglamorizing, you know, growing up in New York, growing up with emotionally unavailable parents, being a rebel since she was so young, the use of drugs, alcohol, abusive relationships, you know, everything that she went through. You just want to hug her for the whole time. You just want to want to give her a hug. And it was the first book that I actually went through an audiobook. Um, I'm not an audiobook girly. However, this was an incredible experience because the audiobook is uh, narrated by her. <laughs> so it was even more iconic. You know, I would go through it as I was driving, as I was, um, yeah, like painting or in bed or yeah, I think... I think that's kind of like the magic of um, of audiobooks. But I do find her voice really soothing. So even in interviews and stuff, I was like, I could just listen to Julia like rant about whatever and I would just listen to her. I really like her voice. But um, yeah, the audiobook is really is really great because she's narrating everything. The It's such a great mix. It's got a cr- incredible stories, you know, really. I mean, yeah, just like stories that you would see you would listen to in Lana Del Rey songs (laughs) or you would or you would see in the movies or you know whatever just like yeah just like a wide range of different stories from like coming of age to like becoming a young woman to um yeah to like reaching like celebrity status and and having more attention and like uh the relationship one has with their bodies and like womanhood and um femininity and sexuality and so many things and I loved it so much I think down the drain it's it it's a wonderful memoir and yes so the element of storytelling and it's got incredible stories but also the way that she tells these stories is amazing it's like really compelling it's very well written I did really enjoy Julia's style, her narrative. I think it's, I think she's a great writer. And she, I mean, I'm not surprised after reading that she always wanted to be a writer. I think she says that when she was like in middle school or high school, that's everything she said she wanted to do. So I, I'm not surprised or I would not be surprised to know that she had been working on this for a while or she had been writing essays or, you know, just like things for herself for a bit um because she's got a really just a really great style I think I really enjoyed it so Julia Fox is down the drain definitely will make a great holiday gift holiday book choice lastly we have a book about the brain which could not miss my list I have been obsessed with books about the brain for ages now and To be honest, like some reads, I think there's a really fine line between the self-help narrative sort of thing and, you know, books that kind of like bridge science with spirituality or personal growth. And and yeah, like I think I've I've become a little bit mm, a little bit more difficult to please with science books or with like self-help books, I think. Um, but I do enjoy them sometimes. So like if they're really good, I will definitely always go through them and enjoy them. (laughs) I think this one was a Christmas present from last year and I went through this year and I, it's one of those books that you read with a highlighter on you. 
I know that some people might cringe so much or will lose their minds with the thought of highlighting your book. But with my science books or, you know, like kind of like really dense books like these, I do enjoy. Actually, I do love highlighting things and kind of going back to them and yeah, and seeing everything that I highlighted before. So this is The Better Brain by Julia Rockledge and Bonnie Kaplan. Kaplan. Um, and it's on how nutrition will help you overcome anxiety, depression, ADHD, and stress. Does not sound really fun, but this was honestly kind of like my personal endeavor on trying to understand my own life. <laughs> I think I have this fascination for Honestly, just kind of like with food and then seeing the research, uh, especially kind of like legit stuff and scientists talking about things that they are actually passionate about. It's 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 honestly fascinating seeing how modern science is allowing us to um, or is feeding into this mental health narrative in a very different way to what we uh, commonly see or commonly uh, listen to you know I I think that um, this this thing about utilizing nutrition as a way to heal rather than y- using meds is something quite revolutionary but at the same time is kind of going back to ancestral ancestral roots so I just honestly want to I'm just really passionate about learning how to enhance my mental health because it's something that I do struggle with I guess just like everybody else but yeah this was a really interesting read it was um it's digestible you know I enjoyed highlighting things and everything um definitely dense but I yeah it's you know it's a great book that you can go through whenever you want you know you can kind of like put it down and then put it up again and you yeah I think you can easily catch on the book and could be a really good gift for somebody who's interested or passionate about mental health or curious about making their their brains better. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, this was my some of my favorite reads of 2023. I'm pretty sure that when I edit this or when I put it out, I'm going to have so many flashbacks to other books that I read and I will regret not adding them like I'm so sure that I'm just gonna start getting more ideas um but yeah I really hope that you enjoyed this episode I really hope that um that yeah if some of the books interested you or yeah you check them out and you liked them please let me know if you have any book recommendations please send them through I would be delighted to read your recommendations and see what you've been um indulging in and yeah books are a great gift (laughs) i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week we have upcoming workshops happening so do make sure that you check those out and you join them because 2024 is going to be um there's going to be more events like these and I'm really really interested in hearing from you from my beautiful listeners and yeah just truly wishing you a happy rest of your holiday season I'll see you very soon before the year ends and yeah sending lots of love and hope that the sun is shining even if it's for a few minutes wherever you are take care and see you soon